going on, family? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you are doing swimmingly well as we are right smack in the middle of another week, and I hope that the week has been going incredibly well for you. If it hasn't, we're going to give you a little bit of fuel to push right on through and get us all the way to the end of the week. Shouts to everybody who joins us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. We don't take that for granted. Shout out to everybody who hangs out with us by way of podcast. We definitely appreciate that as well. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and click that subscribe button wherever you're listening to us right now. We would love to hear from you. We would love for you to subscribe to what we're doing. Go ahead and leave a comment for that as well. It'll absolutely change the game. All right, it's time to jump into the ratings and the recap of Monday Night Raw. This week's episode of Monday Night Raw drew in an average of 1.715 million viewers. Now, it's significantly down from last week where they pulled in 1.892 million viewers. So we're talking about 180,000 viewer drop. And here's the scary part. It is now the least watched episode of Monday Night Raw in 2021. Now, let's put that into perspective, guys, because as bad as that sounds, 2021 is still only about six weeks old. That's right. There have only been six episodes of Monday Night Raw this year. So if this one's the lowest, I don't know that that's the worst thing in the world. However, the all-time lowest rated show for Monday Night Raw took place in December and it was 1.527 million viewers. So we're about 200,000 viewers away from that mark. And certainly if things drop by 100,000 every week, that'll be problematic. However, I do think next week's show should be interesting as we are now getting some more clarity in terms of what the Elimination Chamber will look like. Uh, I will also say this, it's never a good idea to have a pay-per-view three weeks after your last pay-per-view, but that's what's going to happen. I don't make the schedule, right? So Elimination Chamber is coming, and I do want to pose this question, and we're posing questions early here, but I think it's important to ask. Do we need pay-per-views like the Elimination Chamber and Fastlane in route to WrestleMania? I think one of the real challenges WWE has is doing what they've always done. They've gotten accustomed to things being a certain way. This pandemic era of pro wrestling, quite frankly, has given them an opportunity to do things differently. Do we need a pay-per-view every month? I don't know that we do. And on the road to WrestleMania, I don't know that we need two pay-per-views, with one of them being literally two to three weeks before WrestleMania. I don't know that it makes sense. So I want to know from you, do you think it makes sense to have the Elimination Chamber and Fastlane in the route to WrestleMania? Do we need both of them? Do we only need one? Do we need none? Should all of this be developed on their weekly episodic television? I want to get your thoughts on that right now because I definitely think that is interesting considering the fact that we don't have Monday Night Football right now to compete with you would think that things would really be rising on the road to WrestleMania but the fact that they are falling says something and I'm not fully sure what it says I'd love to hear what you think it says now if this helps any 
Monday Night Raw began in the first hour with 1.821 million viewers, but by hour three, it was down to 1.589 million viewers. So they literally dropped about 240,000 viewers from hour one to hour three. Something's got to be done about that. And I don't know if it's bad writing. I don't know if it's just our attention spans aren't that long or the stories aren't compelling enough for us to watch three hours of television. But it's scary when you think about it's on the road to WrestleMania. You know, we had the appearance of Shane McMahon out of the blue. I don't know how much sense that appearance made, to be perfectly honest with you, to have Shane McMahon, who we have not seen on Monday Night Raw in months. The last time he was with us, he brought us Raw Underground. Raw Underground seems to be non-existent at this point. He shows up just to make the announcement about the main event of the Elimination Chamber and then scurries along and is gone. You guys know me, you know I've had continuity issues when it comes to WWE, and they're continuing to prove that point with what's happening right now. So I'd love to get your thoughts. Do we need Elimination Chamber and Fastlane on the road to WrestleMania? That's a great question. Now, sticking with WWE, a couple of things are very interesting. Number one, it certainly seems very obvious that Bad Bunny is preparing for a WWE in-ring debut. We first saw him, of course, performing his uh, hit song Booker T at the Royal Rumble. He has been on WWE television every week, now connecting with Damian Priest, who shout out to Damian Priest for the move from NXT to Monday Night Raw. I think it's going to be a very good move for him. He certainly seems to fit in very well. I just don't want him to get lost, as I don't want any of them to get lost. So we'll see about that. But right now, it looks like there's a plan for Bad Bunny and Damian Priest to battle The Miz and John Morrison at WrestleMania. This seems to be a trend as it seems like there are more hip hop stars that want to get involved in WWE or that WWE has their eye on. Now, of course, we know Snoop Dogg is in the WWE Hall of Fame and he just appeared on AEW's Dynamite show just a couple of weeks ago. And in case you didn't know, Snoop Dogg just debuted in a WWE mobile game called WWE Champions. So that's kind of big. We've got Bad Bunny allegedly training to participate at WrestleMania. Bow Wow has announced that he has interest in wrestling for WWE. He says he wants to do it after his next album comes out and ideally would love to team with Rey Mysterio. And if that's not enough, he's already started a Twitter beef with Retribution. Then there's interest in bringing Cardi B in. Now, I don't know if she'd come in as a performer or if she'd be just one of those talents. I'm not sure. But uh, WWE president Nick Khan has said this in an interview with Forbes that the company is interested in bringing Cardi B in. Now, I do think that in terms of WWE's partnership with music, it has happened for years ever since the Rock and Wrestling Connection. They've always gotten a big rub when they've seen things happen like Remember Cindy Lauper, etc., etc. I am always cautious about celebrities getting in the ring. It hasn't always worked well, but we also know that WWE is more than willing to give it a shot, specifically around WrestleMania. So let me throw a thought at you, and this is me just thinking, but you guys know how my brain is, right? I could foresee 
them clearly pursuing Bad Bunny, who was the most streamed artist on Spotify in 2020. There's something to be said for that. I think they'd have interest in Bow Wow because of Bow Wow's obvious connection to the community. And of course, Cardi B is one of the biggest stars in all of entertainment. Having the three of them or at least two of them somehow involved in WrestleMania this year, according to WWE, I think that'd be a big win for them. Let's not forget, because they haven't talked about this in a few weeks, that the WWE Network is moving to Peacock on March the 18th, with the first pay-per-view being the Fastlane pay-per-view, making this the first WrestleMania uh, since this whole network started, where it will be on the Peacock Network. So, what way to get eyes to the product then? Well, Bad Bunny, Cardi B., It makes a lot of sense when you think about things from WWE's perspective. They are still operating under the belief that those things will get them additional eyes. And it will be a lot easier for them to be accessed on Peacock, which already has 26 million subscribers, than it would on the WWE Network, which barely houses 2 million. Interesting. Now... They aren't the only ones interested in that star power, as of course AEW has connected with Shaq and there is a mixed tag match that's going to happen between Shaq and Jade Cargill as they will take on Red Velvet and Cody Rhodes. And that's not going to happen on pay-per-view, folks. That's going to happen in the month of March on Dynamite. So, It's an interesting time in the world of pro wrestling. I don't know if you are a fan of this type of thing. It always makes me nervous um, because I think our sport already deals with enough criticism as it is, but to have someone from the outside come in, they have to be able to perform. If they can't give me Pat McAfee, I don't know that I'm interested, but they don't do it for me. And they don't do it for you, the uh, loyal fan. They do it to get the casual eyes on them. Will it work this time? I don't know. I'll tell you what. I think there are people who are willing to pay attention to WrestleMania if Cardi B is there, if Bad Bunny is there. May not be for us. But then again, like I said, it may not be for us. (laughs) All right. Switching from WWE and what's happening stateside to New Japan Pro Wrestling. New Japan has struck a major deal with Roku. The Roku channel in the US, Canada, and the UK will all be debuting New Japan Pro Wrestling as it premieres tomorrow, February the 11th. The program, which will be titled New Japan Pro Wrestling, will be a one-hour weekly series featuring the athletic action of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Episodes will air every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Roku channel, and it will begin with 10 special episodes that will see the television premiere of Wrestle Kingdom 14, and it will all be available on demand thereafter. Additionally, the Roku channel will host a block of library content featuring key highlights from the 2020 NJPW catalog, along with potential for the introduction of more historical content in the future. So what this means is NJPW World is not the only way that you can see New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now you can check them out on Roku, and this is a pretty significant deal. 
Of course, here in the U.S., they had a deal with Access TV for quite some time until Impact uh, was bought by Access, and that changed, and now Impact became the pro wrestling spot on Access TV. I think it's a good move for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Roku is available not just on Roku devices, but you can check out the Roku channel on Apple TV, Amazon, all of those places. I will also tell you, in case you didn't know, that New Japan has an app available on Amazon Fire. I wish that app would find its way onto Apple TV. I'm not sure what the holdup is there, but I'll say this. I think New Japan has to find a regular viewing spot for Americans to hop on. NJPW World is cool, but it does not have the availability and the user-friendly nature that say the WWE Network does, right? Like I can easily watch the WWE Network through the app on my smart device, on my tablet, of course on Apple TV, Amazon, all of those places. Uh, The NJPW World situation, you can only primarily watch at njpwworld.com. You pull up that website and you can watch it any of those places. You can cast it to your television if you wanted, uh, which I tend to do. But the Amazon app, doesn't work all that well, to be perfectly honest with you. So I think New Japan has to figure those types of things out if they can do it and do it well and make their product more accessible, then I think they have the opportunity to get more US eyes on the product. And I also think that's one of the reasons why they have chosen this partnership with AEW, which will be a big deal. And speaking of AEW, that leads us to AEW Dynamite tonight, the main event, which should be highly intriguing It'll feature Kenny Omega, the AEW World Champion, and the number one contender to the IWGP US Championship, Kenta, battling former US Champion Lance Archer and the current IWGP US Champion and former AEW World Champion, John Moxley. I am looking forward to this match. It's falls count anywhere. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be crazy. And I can't wait to see what else will happen uh, with this partnership between New Japan and AEW. But it's a thing. It should make for intriguing television tonight. Also tonight, you've got the Wednesday Night Wars on the NXT side of things. It's the last night before their big takeover pay-per-view, Vengeance Day, which happens this Sunday on Valentine's Day. And it will feature tonight three semifinal matches from two Dusty Rhodes tournaments. The women's and the men's tournaments will uh, wrap up their semifinals tonight, and then we'll know the finals going into this Sunday's pay-per-view. So it should be a great night of pro wrestling. Listen, I hope you guys enjoyed yesterday's look at our Black History Moment uh, featuring Miss Jacqueline. It was a lot of fun. I'd love to get your feedback on that and your feedback on today's show. So you can reach us at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Absolutely love to hear from you in those spaces. And let us know what you'd like for us to talk about, and we'll be more than happy to do so. It should be a great week of pro wrestling, and we're going to continue to bring all of the news you can use to you by way of this podcast and by way of social media. Until next time, family, it's your man Gerard Bonner. Representing for my good brothers Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman John Murray, collectively we're known as The Faction. Have a great day.